Lord, we give you the glory and the praise and the honor. Lord, give us the heart that we will hold on to God, knowing that God is our salvation. You are our salvation. You are our hope. The only sheltering place that we will find ourselves in. Lord, we know that in the days to come, you will display the extent of your power and your glory. And may the church, may us, those who call themselves Christians, stand under this authority and under this uh, anointing of God who will proclaim the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation that's in your name to those who will be in the places of uh, despair and heartbreak. So I pray today, Lord, as your word teach our heart and cause us and shape our mind and our constitution that we will be Christ-like in the time such as this, that the world needs to know and see who you are through the churches and through the Christians. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. The fullness of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The church pursuit is twofold. It is to know Jesus Christ, and then it, to, it is to become Jesus Christ, or becoming like him in all manner and aspect. We cannot see him. We no longer can see him the same way that the apostles, the disciples used to see him. So now all we can see and all we have to be able to perceive him is through the teaching, is through the gospel. Knowing Jesus is not knowing about Jesus. Knowing Jesus is knowing him. Having a relationship with him is causing Christianity to become mediocre. The gospel and Christianity has lost the power. Are you ashamed to be called Christian? Do people run to you because you are like Christ? Like when they did run to Jesus, they ran to the apostles because therein is the power that saved. And today, we tend to be somewhat bland in our faith. And the world don't turn to the church anymore because there's nothing that we have to offer that they cannot find on the internet. We have become mediocre in our faith and we have become mediocre in our existence. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we need to be like him. The world needs to be able to walk into the church and see Jesus Christ. And they see the need for Jesus Christ. Otherwise, our existence here is meaningless. There's no purpose. People should know us by the name of Jesus Christ. And they should come to us knowing that there is power that is in this name. Knowing Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God caused his light to shine in the world when it was in darkness. And when the world lays in darkness, and we will head to Christmas soon and you will sing the carols, God sent his son to be the light of the world. And when Jesus Christ was in the world, he was the light of the world. And when they crucified him on the cross and he died, that light was put out for a season, for a time. And then the Holy Spirit came upon the church and reignited. That light was then put on the church. And the church became the light, the beacon of hope for the world. And when Peter preached the first sermon, people came. And not only they came to see, but they came and they asked the question, what must we do? to be saved. And so the church, since the 
outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost until today and beyond, the church became that place, that lighthouse, where people can come and find rest and find comfort and shelter for their soul. Are we shining? Is the glory that shines on the face of Jesus Christ is shining in us? What is that glory? Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 again. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, this is not some, some light that you can perceive, has shined in our heart to give the light of knowledge. The light of knowledge. Christianity is not empiricism. Christianity is not evidentialism. Christianity, to me, is the epistemology. It is the acquisition of knowledge that makes who we are. The light is knowledge. When you know what you learn, what you know will shape who you are. The light of Jesus Christ is the knowledge of Him. Do you know, do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know Jesus Christ? Or do you know about Him? Many people know about Him. And I would say this, many non-Christians know a lot more about Jesus Christ, the historical Jesus. God has caused mankind to know His Son, and we cannot know His Son unless we see Him. So God sent Jesus Christ in the body, in the flesh, like you and I. And people have seen Him. He walked this earth, people touched Him. And now people need to be able to touch Him. Are we Jesus Christ? We are living in a time of spiritual drought. The spiritual knowledge has been replaced with a profusion of information in this age. Society now has access to information like never before in our history. And yet we now know less of what we ought to know. Too much information. Too much garbage. The knowledge that leads us to salvation has been supplanted with excess of disinformation. How much of what you read how much of what come to you in our siloed environment is true, is real, is not fake? How do you know? How do you discern what's right and what's wrong, what's real and what's not? There's so much information. And what happens now is that the separation of our society, because we are now told to stay at home, to be distant from each other, and our longing to be together, and the fear of being tainted by some kind of virus, I'm not saying that it's not true, has caused the minds of some people to try to find a community that's like-minded. If you don't vote for this person, unfriend me. We become more isolated, and we stop listening to voices that are not the same as ours. You're reverberating the same thing because you're unwilling to hear something you might not be comfortable with. It's a dangerous time that we live in. And this shutdown, this silo, has made the situation worse. And we become less and less knowledgeable of the things that we ought to be, and that is the scripture. The rise of social media, the erosion of the news media together form a web of confusion. And pushing people away into their own little groups, silos, and within that group, you hear each other bouncing back and forth nodding your head, agreeing with each other, the same thing, and you're not exposed to anything outside. It's a dangerous time that we live in. And now the families, depression, suicide, at this time has risen. 
Because in the end, you, you step out and you, all you see is nothing new. Everything is the same. It's scary. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest unto me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Strong words. God has ordained one kind of knowledge that we should know that leads to life everlasting, and that is the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's not our pursuit, if it is not our pursuit to know Christ more, we don't have eternal life. This is the eternal life, that you know God the Father and Jesus Christ whom God has sent. Knowing Jesus Christ is not knowing about him. Knowing Jesus Christ is having a relationship with him. Can you say that Jesus knows you? We can proclaim that I know Jesus, but can you say that Jesus knows me? Without a relationship with Jesus, we live in a state of obscurity. It's dark, unknown, perplexed. To live, you must learn Jesus Christ and become like him. How do we know Christ? First, we need to be spiritually educated. Knowing Christ begins with enrolling in the spiritual school where the Holy Spirit is teaching. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. What is doctrine? Doctrine is like a rudder on a boat. It's small, but it controls the entire vessel. That's doctrine. Doctrine is this tiny thing. It's the teaching. It's what you learn, what you know that steer your life. It is small. And for some of us, it seems so insignificant. Why should I learn? Why do I need to be in school? Can I just not learn? Life seems to be okay with me not learning, right? I still eat, sleep. Everything is fine. But a boat without a rudder, it goes nowhere. A boat that has no way of steering itself is like sitting in the sea, the wind tossed, and it can't control itself. Doctrine is the teaching that forms that rudder for you. The stronger the doctrine or the truer the doctrine, the better the rudder will be that steer you in the right direction. But if you don't have doctrine, or if you have the wrong kind of doctrine, then either your boat won't work, your life won't work, or you go the wrong direction. Doctrine is the teaching that steers the life of an individual. What a person learns becomes the foundation, lead you to do certain things or to not do certain things. You will become what you learn. If you learn how to fly a plane, you'll be a pilot. You become what you learn. If you learn Christ, you will become Christ. What we learn, we become. The world teaches a doctrine that is antithetical to Christ. If you want to learn the world, if you want to learn the philosophy and the doctrine of the world, it is antithesis to Jesus Christ. A person who learns the doctrine of the world thus becomes an antichrist. The church, on the contrary, should be teaching the doctrine of Jesus Christ. 
so that we might become Christ. If you don't learn Jesus Christ, you are an antichrist. But you said, wait, wait, I, I, can I not learn Jesus Christ and not learn the world and be neither? This is what Jesus says. He who is not with me is against me. There's only one way that leads to God. There is no Switzerland in the spiritual landscape. You cannot say, I'm not for Christ, I'm not for Satan. There's no such land exists in the spiritual world. The Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3, says this, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, continues to say, that person should be anathema, meaning be put out of the church. The word of the Lord Jesus is his doctrine. What he says is doctrine. Jesus, every word that he spoke is doctrine, is teaching. And those words are the things that we should learn. We should internalize. It should form our minds, our thoughts, our soul, our spirit. And the Holy Spirit make that and form that. Take the word of Jesus Christ and make us become Christ. You say, well, how can that be? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Christ is the word. And when you learn his doctrine, when you learn his word, you become Jesus Christ by the essence of having his word form and shape your being and your life. The word of the Lord is his doctrine. When we learn the doctrine of Christ, we become Christ-like. Your thoughts, your mind, the things that you learn, you will become. Learn Christ, you will become Christ. But there is a problem. There's deception in the world today. God does not and cannot deceive. Any deception that comes, comes from the devil, who lays in wait and deceives those who are, well, ignorant. Those who don't learn are called ignorant. If you do not have the godly doctrinal foundation, then you will be swept away. The devil will come by and will say, you need to learn something and I will teach you something. But if you have the doctrine of God already, you recognize that's the devil and you say, depart from me, Satan. You see, teaching, teach you how to recognize what is right and what's wrong. If you don't learn, you cannot tell. And someone will come along and will tell you, this is the doctrine. Chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. The light of knowledge does not exist in a darkened mind. It is removed from the life of God. When you don't learn Jesus Christ, you are removed from God because the light, is, the light of Christ is knowledge. It's the knowledge of him. When you don't learn Christ, you are removed from the knowledge of God from the life of God, the source of that light. A person in deception will slip further and further into blindness of the truth. If you are sitting here and you're listening and there's nothing coming in, God has not enlightened you to know the truth. But ye have not so learned Christ. Have we learned Christ? Have we been taught by him? Is Christ 
the pursuit every day when we wake up and when we go to bed. Do, do the thought of Jesus Christ, pursuing Jesus Christ, chasing after him, something that is central and something that is essential to our lives. To know Christ, we must be taught by his spirit. You cannot know Christ by simply sitting down and reading this. This will give you the, the word, but the Holy Spirit will cause this word that you read here to become alive, to make sense spiritually to you. The Spirit teaches us Jesus Christ, and when you are taught Jesus Christ, the Spirit causes you to unite with Jesus Christ. You learn and become what you learn. And if you learn Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is the teacher, is the glue that will unite us with Jesus Christ. In Psalm 86, chapter 11, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and I will walk in thy truth. When we learn the Lord, when we learn God's truth, the natural response to that is we begin to walk in God's truth. Now, the reverse is true. If you are not walking with the Lord, then it's safe to say that you are not learning Jesus Christ. Because when you learn him, you will walk in his truth. If you're going to be a pilot, if you want to fly a plane, you need to spend 10,000 hours. Otherwise, you can't fly. No one will give you a license to fly. If you want to be a Christian, we need to spend time. If you want to be like Christ and to be a part of this divine nature, then you need to spend time. How much do you want to be a pilot? Not very much. A lot of us, some of us really want to be. 10,000 hours. Spend that time. How much do you want to be like Christ? Do we spend the necessary time to fly with him? One does not come to know Jesus Christ from observation. You cannot sit or stand, look at the plane overhead, and then suddenly you acquire the knowledge of flying the plane. You cannot sit in the plane, like through traveling, and then suddenly know how to fly a plane. You got to learn how to fly a plane. You need to spend that time. You cannot just sit in church, observe Christ, and know how to be Christ. You need to be in the seat. You need to be learning the manual, and you need to practice. Are we practicing? Are we pra- you, you cannot fly a plane if you don't sit in a plane and start flying. It's scary. You cannot be like Christ unless you sit in his seat and start moving with him. It's scary, but you need to spend the time. Without that, you will never be a Christian because that's what the Christian is. A Christian is a follower of Christ. If you don't follow Christ by learning and imitating and practicing Christ, we will never be Christ. Knowing Jesus comes from having a relationship with him. That's what it means. Having a constant, daily, perpetually dialogue with him. Lord, how do you do this? How am I supposed to navigate through this terrain? What would you do, Lord, when, when this is presented before you? All these things are not obscure to the Christian. We know this. We know we need to have a relationship with him. We know that we need to be closer to him. But do you spend the time? There is no excuse now. Over the past seven months, there is no excuse for any of us not to have the time. Where do you go? I'm busy doing what? There is no excuse for us. There will come a time when the Lord says that, but now you know. You have the time. You have all the information 
available at your fingertips. You want to know Jesus Christ? You have all the commentaries free, open for you. You can learn Jesus Christ in such, in, in such details where people used to spend months and years digging into. They would have to memorize the Bible. But now you don't have to. Just search for it. The verses will pop up. And then not only that, all the commentaries. But then now we have another problem. We have the problem of too much information. And when you are studying the Bible, the ads pop up. There's so much distraction, even when you're trying to pursue Jesus Christ. The pursuit of making money is real. And it distracts many of us, and we don't know it. How do you know the truth? Knowing Christ means to know the truth. Knowing Christ begins with believing in him. You cannot experience truth. Truth is not experiential. Truth is not, it's not a science. Truth is something you must believe in. It's outside of you, so you need to believe it. That's why Christian can never be based on science. Because it requires you to believe. Science gives a hypothesis. And all science does is test that hypothesis. You don't have the hypothesis in truth. Truth is outside of us, and we must believe it. That's the initial point of entry into knowledge. Knowledge comes outside of us, and the beginning of knowledge is believing in the one who speaks to you, is telling you the truth. You must believe Christ is the truth. That is the starting point. It's not that I can prove to you that Christ is true. You must believe in what he said is the truth. That's the starting point. Amos chapter 8, verse 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Listen, but of hearing the words of the Lord. That's the famine. And they shall wander from sea to sea, from north even to the east. They shall run to and fro and seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. The day will come when it will be harder for you to find the truth. It will be harder for people that you listen to who will speak the doctrine of Jesus Christ. The day will come when all you will hear is stuff that you want to hear. The day will come when the voices of the gospel will be drowned out by the compromises and the liberalism of theology that's permeating the society today. There will come a time when there is a famine of the truth that you won't be able to hear it anymore. And you will look for it and you'll find none. There will come a time when no one talks about Jesus Christ anymore. Just like in the time of Amos. Just like in the time of Josiah. Someone brought to him a book. And you know, he opened the book. And of course, it was the scripture. He opened the book and he couldn't read it. He couldn't read the book. And so he has to go and find me somebody who can read the book. It's been so long. The, the, the people of God has gotten lost 
They don't know how to read the scripture anymore. How can that be? How can it be the entire nation of the Lord cannot read the Bible? And so they had to run to the university to find someone. And thank God there was a prophetess, Hoda, who opens a book and says, this is what the Lord is saying. When Josiah understood, when Josiah began to acquire the knowledge of God, he realized they were living in a curse, not in blessing. And so he turned the worship of Judah back to God. See, the knowledge of God is blessing. The knowledge of God is not burdensome. The knowledge of God is liberating. It sets us free. The knowledge of God brings healing and reconciliation. The knowledge of, of God brings peace and prosperity. The knowledge of God brings life eternal. When there is a famine of the word of God, we live in, in despair. How can there be any learning if no one is teaching? How can there be any teaching if nothing is revealed? God must open the heavens and allow his word to come to us. And that happened over 2,000 years ago. The word came to us, the Lord Jesus Christ was the Lord's word himself. The wisdom of God descended and came to us and we crucified him. The revelation of God was in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the world today can only have revelation in those who are called Christians. We have the revelation of God. And how can you have a revelation, the revelation of God, if we don't learn the scripture, if we don't learn the Bible? We don't have revelation. We don't learn. No one's teaching. There's a famine of God's word. Then are we Christians? What is revelation? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation now listen to this, in the knowledge of him, in the knowledge of him. Epistemology is the field of study in knowledge. I believe that the church is engaging in this field of knowledge, the study of knowledge. How do you and I, we acquire knowledge? How do we grow in knowledge? And what is true knowledge? All of that embody in the Lord Jesus Christ. We must seek after the knowledge of him, Jesus Christ. The revelation is in knowing Jesus Christ. When you come to know Jesus Christ, when you have knowledge of Jesus Christ, you have revelation. Without Christ, outside of Christ, there is no revelation. God does not reveal outside of Jesus Christ. And everything that you know, everything that you know today has been revealed to you. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that has been has always been. You're just discovering it because it's been revealed to you, even mathematics. Revelation, God must reveal to us who he is through Jesus Christ. And so how do you come to that knowledge? Learn Jesus. Come to know Jesus. You cannot know Christ unless the Father reveals him to you. So I can stand here and you can go online, you do all your research, and you want to very much learn the revelation that's in Jesus Christ. But if God does not open heaven to you, you will not learn Jesus Christ. It is the gift of God. And that is why we pray. Because without prayer, there is no grace. We pray so that God have mercy and open up our minds to the understanding of his son, Jesus Christ. 
Jesus told Peter that it was the Father that revealed to him who the Messiah was. It's not that he came up on his own. The Father revealed. We need to have that connection with God. We need to have that connection with God through prayer. The knowledge of the Son of God comes from the Father. God reveals how do you receive. The gospel is written in the vernacular, meaning in the language that humans can understand. If God spoke, we won't understand. God has to translate his thought into the language that you and I can understand. If I stand here and there's, the Bible is in Greek, it would be Greek to me. I won't understand. It has to be translated. It has to be translated for me to understand. The thoughts of God need to be translated in human language so that we understand. The translator is the word himself, Jesus Christ. He spoke in a language that people understood. So the gospel that Jesus Christ gave us became the vernacular that we use to reveal the mystery of our salvation. It reveals the mystery of Christ that the mind cannot understand. So without preaching the gospel, how can men understand? If we don't preach the gospel, how can they come to know and have the knowledge of the truth? Romans chapter 16, verse 15. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. The preaching of the gospel, what we are doing today, what I'm doing right now, is the revelation, the preaching of the gospel is the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are revealing the Lord. And when the Lord, when Jesus is revealed, then you can learn. You learn about the Lord, and then the Holy Spirit can take that learning and form you into the image of Jesus Christ. And that's how we become Jesus Christ. Without the preaching of the gospel, you cannot have revelation. You can read, but there's no revelation. But the preaching of the gospel brings revelation out. There is power in the, in the gospel. The Holy Spirit is the one who grants the spiritual faculty to your understanding, to your mind so that we might perceive and believe the truth in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you know Jesus. Knowing Jesus, how can you become Christ? Ephesians, again, chapter 4, verse 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The purpose of God sending his Son is not to show him to us, but to bring us into Christ as one body. The magnitude, the enormity of God's love is not that he saved you from hell. I want you to think about this. The greatness of God's love is that he takes you and brings you into his son. You become part of his family. You become part of him. That's the greatness of God's love. The two unity that has to happen. First, there's the unity of the body, and then there's the unity with the head. Let's talk about the unity of the body. Unity begins with everyone learning and practicing one true doctrine. That's unity. Unity is when everyone agreeing on a set of principle. And what is that set of principle? That is the doctrine of Jesus Christ. We need to believe in the same thing. And how do you believe in the same thing? Someone needs to teach one truth that we all believe in. I had a conversation yesterday in the parking lot. All roads do not lead to God. There's only one truth. And yes, I sound really bad. There's only one truth that leads to God, and that is Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That means that your way is wrong. 
Scary, huh? If there's only one way to God, and that is Jesus Christ, then your way must be the wrong way. Are we prepared to be on the receiving end of that? Look, like, what? What do you mean? Well, prove to me that I'm wrong. You tell me, how is your way lead to God? Knowledge. Knowledge, my friend. We need knowledge. Otherwise, we cannot have intelligent discussions. Otherwise, you will get stepped over and called ignorant because you don't know. You don't know what you believe. If Jesus Christ is the only way, we all must learn that. We cannot come into the church and say, there are many ways. There's only one way, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And you must be willing to hear the other side. Well, tell me your side, which means that you need to be equipped knowledge-wise to be able to say, this is why this is the truth. You need to learn. Learning Christ means learning his word, which is his doctrine, to know Jesus Christ and be led by his spirit into all truth. If this is the truth, if this is the foundation and the basis of our understanding of who Jesus Christ is, then we all must believe in the same thing. We all must believe in the same thing. Otherwise, a house is divided, cannot stand. The body of the Lord must advance toward the head. When we are united, we can move in one direction. If we are divided, we do not go in one direction. We cannot come to Jesus Christ. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to unite the body together as one unit under the teaching of the apostles, the Lord Jesus Christ, under one doctrine. Once we are united in the body, then we can head toward Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul in Corinthians 13 says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. The phrase, till we all come, implies a process. We must start somewhere, but the starting point is not the ending point. When we start to know and to learn the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to proceed through. You will not get your GED if you don't go to high school. You can't go to high school unless you finish middle school. You can't finish middle school unless you go through elementary. There is a process. There is a process of learning and achieving to the end. The Lord Jesus Christ, the knowledge of him requires us to learn through a process. When we're babes, we drink milk. And when we're older, the apostle says, well, stop drinking milk and start eating something that's more solid. The church, the unity of church begins with the acquisition of knowledge. Learning through the process, becoming united in the same doctrine, moving toward the head. There are some hindrances of and let me give you some hindrances. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 7, the apostle Paul told Timothy, there are a group of people who will ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. He goes on to say three things. Or I try to encapsulate that into three things. How do some people learn all the time but never come to get hold of the truth? Number one, they resist the truth. Never believe it. Show me. Give me an evidence. Evidentialism. Prove to me scientifically. If you resist the truth, that is the perversion of the gospel. We must believe. That's the entry point. If you don't believe in the truth, there's nowhere to start. Second, corrupt minds. If you are living in sin, you cannot know the truth. If you are trying to find something, 
And all you see are ads. You're going to be able to find it. And you're clicking on those ads. Never arrive at the truth. Sin is like that. Sin is a distraction. It's a violation of the principle of God. And if you are living in sin, meaning if you are living contrary, in opposition to God's will, you will never come to the knowledge of the truth. And the third thing, reprobate faith. And this is the hard one. Christ is not in you. God never chosen you. Come to the Lord. Pray. I, I'm not God. I cannot grant you grace. Only God can give you grace. So examine yourself. Are you resisting the truth? Is this what you hear make you angry? And are you driven by your emotion? Or you're living in sin that you cannot turn away from, so you cannot turn to the truth. Or God has not chosen you. Till we all come to the unity of faith. Learning the Lord meaning we look at the Bible and learn from the same doctrinal principles. We have the same foundation. We come together, and this is what happens when the church comes together. The body of believers brings the knowledge of Jesus Christ in the center of our worship. And Christ is magnified when we speak about him truthfully and knowledgeably. Now, the last part is unity with the head. Now that the body is unified, the Apostle Paul says, now we need to be unified with the head. The unity of the body under the same doctrine of Christ turned the church toward the head. Now we can go together toward the head. And when the body unites with the head, this is what we call perfection. Now let me back up and say, Jesus Christ, the head, is perfected without the body. He doesn't need the body to be perfected. See, the Godhead Trinity is perfected before we were created. So we don't add to God's perfection. This perfection means that we are perfected in him. There is a state in which we will become perfected. And that's when we, the body, is united with the head. Then there is the perfection that will come. It's awesome. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23, which is his body talking about us, those who are adhering to the same doctrinal principle, the fullness of him that fills all and in all, the perfection of God fills all of those who seeks him, who adheres to his teaching. The perfection of all things is the fullness of Christ's body. Jesus is perfected outside the body, but we become perfected when we get united with him. The church is Christ's body. It is not completed until the body is united with the head. You see, we are in a state of weight. We are still in a state where we need to still agree together, learning the principle and the doctrine of Christ. The Holy Spirit leads us as we unite it toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we learn and becoming like Christ, we come to know him more. Christ become more clear, less obscure to us. And we see the Lord in a greater glory every day as the church moves toward Jesus Christ. We, there will be peace. There would be joy. There would be gladness. Even though the storms might be raging around us, but there is an inner peace. You know that you're heading toward life. The day of the Lord will come when the whole body from every nation, every kindred, tongues, tribes, arrive at the intersection of space and time to unite it with our beloved Lord, Jesus Christ. That is the end. That's what we're heading toward. Where all the divisions of personal division of regional, national, international divisions will all come down when everyone converge, meet together where the Lord Jesus Christ is at. That is the end.
that is the perfection of all things. I want to read to you in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10 to 12. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. That is the will of the Lord, that we become united in the teaching that leads us to the knowledge of God, and then united together as the body and head toward Jesus Christ. Lord, be magnified in our church, in our lives today. As the church is being shaken, I pray that the foundation will be revealed and that there is a foundation that is the Lord Jesus Christ that exists in this church, in this body, that we begin to explore the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, begin to build upon this foundation, begin to, to come together in unity as one body, knowing that the time will come where we will all head toward the Lord Jesus. I desire, Lord, my prayer is that we will all walk together, that we all come in the unity of faith, that we will pursue, that we will run, that we will accelerate toward the head of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one day, Lord, that we will see, like in Revelation, a sea of people from many tongues and tribes and kindred and people all stand before the Lamb of God and shout and sing the glory and the honor and the majesty of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be unto us today, Lord Holy Spirit. Come and gather the remnant. Gather the people. Gather those who have been called, who have been, like your word said, predestinated to come to the knowledge of the truth, that we may learn and grow and experience, Lord, the life that is in Christ Jesus. I pray for this church. I pray for the time to come as the world seeks for answer and find it not in this world, that the church, Lord, that the Christian, those who are in your churches might find their place in this life and give an answer when the question is raised. Who is Jesus? Where is salvation? What can I do to have eternal life? That we have the answer, Lord, and that we can point them to whom we know intimately, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And in your name we pray. Amen.